What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and as you can tell by the descriptions and such, this is the review for Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the latest chapter in Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe series. Lots and lots of movies in here. I don't even remember how many movies deep were into this, but you keep uh, putting them out. I'm going to keep seeing them because I love the MCU. I think that the worst movies are still pretty enjoyable so that kind of spoils a little bit of what I have to say here because I do like the movie a lot and if you don't want to know spoilers for the film you just want to know whether or not you should see it or you should skip it go ahead and check out that Minuteman review that I've already posted up because warning ahead of time this review point does have spoilers so if you've not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the movie, then come back and check this out. Or if you're the type of person that doesn't necessarily care, or maybe this is the type of thing you want to know the spoilers, and that'll be the indication of whether or not you want to see the film, then by all means continue listening. But putting it out there, spoiler alerts, we will be talking spoilers here. So let's talk about some of the hits and the misses. Uh, normally I like to try to lump a lot of things in back and forth, like, well, this was a hit, but then this was a miss based off of that and stuff. I think I'm going to go a little bit more haphazard for this one. And that's not because I need to bounce around a lot. It's more so because I don't. It's actually almost entirely hits about this movie. There's going to be stuff that I can nitpick, and believe me, I am going to nitpick here, and there are going to be some things that I think were problematic. But first things first... We have to address the elephant in the room, which is Sony. Sony has had the license to the Spider-Man movies for, what, 20 years now, it seems? And they've had some good stuff, and they've had some bad stuff. I still think that the first Sam Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie is solid, as it is. And as time's gone on, I don't think Spider-Man 2 holds up as much as everybody else says. I, at the time, I thought that it was the best superhero movie that we've ever gotten but I, I've watched it somewhat recently like a couple of years ago and it's just not as good it, there's so many problems with it and this isn't a Spider-Man 2 review but generally speaking I mean Doc Ock is not as good as other people think that he is as far as a villain goes because he's really just as bland as most other villains are just happen to be wrapped up in this package that we hadn't seen before necessarily. And Rosemary Harris is kind of annoying as Aunt May in that movie and stuff, but it's got more positives than it does negatives. So when Sam Raimi had uh, Spider-Man 3 coming out and Venom was going to be in it and stuff, I was thinking to myself, oh man, this is going to be fantastic. Of course, we all know what happened there. Horrible. Then they reboot it. They go with Amazing Spider-Man. Great title. Andrew Garfield, great Uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, fantastic. And that had a little bit of problems in it. And my main issue with The Amazing Spider-Man was that they seemed like they didn't want to go 100% in on some of that stuff. Like they were brushing some stuff aside and they were kind of changing things. And it's sort of like they were tired of the Spider-Man story and they wanted to kind of do their own little twist on things. And Sometimes when movies do take their own take on things, it can be for the better. Like, I like The League of Shadows a lot better than The League of Assassins, for instance. Or 
say Ego the Living Planet is probably the best version of Ego that I can ever remember from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Never really found Ego to be that great of a character, but it was pretty interesting in that movie. There's a lot of things that can be done that changes the game in a positive way, but I got a feeling with Amazing Spider-Man that this was sort of just like they took the wrong route. And then Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out, and it's just sort of a mess. It's fun, and I liked it when I saw it, but it's got so many problems to it. I mean, Paul Giamatti as the Rhino was really ridiculous, and they could you could tell that they were cramming in way too many things because they wanted to do this whole spin-off universe kind of thing. And that's the first thing I have to kind of talk about here is I still... With all this news that's happening with the Venom movie and that they want to do a Scorpion film or they want to do the Black uh, Black Cat and Silver Sable movie and, ah, man, Sony, you're fucking killing me here. Like, the worst parts of this Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, I mean, I feel like they were Sony problems. And I don't know for sure. Because we don't know what side said that they wanted this thing or that thing or, you know, it, it could have been the writers themselves. It could have been a director. It could have been a lot of different things like that. But the problems that I do have with this movie, I feel like they're carryovers from Sony ideas. Like, um, I, I mean, oh, you know what? I'm not going to start with too many negatives here. I want to talk about a lot, a lot of positives. Let's... Let's turn this uh, mood around a little bit because there's so many positives to talk about. First things first, Tom Holland as Spider-Man is amazing. Like, he nails the part. He's got the Peter Parker stuff down. He's got the Spider-Man stuff down. He's just a great Spider-Man. And we knew that from his little bit that he had had in uh, Civil War. So we kind of expected that to be the case. And it's true. He just, he knocks it out of the park. He's great. Nothing to complain about as far as Tom Holland goes. The Spider-Man suit looks fantastic. Here's a uh, sort of a ricochet, not a hit or a miss. The suit itself, um, it makes sense. But I'm also kind of hesitant to get too into it because even though I would totally buy into the idea that Tony Stark makes this suit and he makes it a little bit more like the Iron Man suit, because why not, right? If you're going to be doing this kind of uh, thing for this 15-year-old kid... You want to make sure that he's safe. So I loved, absolutely loved, that there were things like the training wheels protocol, which is like, let's not make sure that he doesn't have access to all the stuff in the suit until he trains well enough for that. And uh, the baby monitor uh, protocol, where it was recording everything that he did. That is amazing. That is a great touch. Huge, huge hit as far as that goes. But I kind of don't like the idea of Spider-Man being able to talk to his own Jarvis. I don't know really why that was made a thing other than just like a plot point to be like he can talk to that and kind of do a little bit of exposition and stuff. So I kind of hope that they ditch that a little bit. And, you know, I'm a little bit kind of like uh, this is a huge nitpick as far as like not like a big problem, but a nitpick in the huge sense of, oh, for fuck's sake, why are you complaining about this? The name Karen kind of surprised me because I can't think of any kind of connection to the comics that that would have been. And I was sort of hoping that it would have been like they could have called her Madam Web. 
just a little thing, just a little stupid thing. Obviously, that does not hurt the movie. But if you were going to have Spider-Man talk to some kind of authoritative figure, Madam Web would have been a good little reference. I think that they missed an opportunity there. But I, regardless, I loved how they said, you know, you've got all these different web options and he has the, the wings and so much of that made so much sense. So I love 90% of the suit. And I loved the little reference at the end, too, with the uh, Iron Spider suit. I thought that, that was a really nice touch. Really liked that a lot. Almost predominantly all hits. I just don't like the idea of him talking to somebody. And I know that there was some criticism online already about him not having Spider-Sense, but Kevin Feige clarified a little bit. He said, yeah, he does. We just didn't want to focus on it, which is good because he shouldn't not have that. But, you know, whatever. That's a different thing. Uh, The humor and the tone of the movie is a major, major hit. I loved the style of this. Everything from the behind the scenes stuff at the beginning, which was so fucking funny the way that he's doing the whole like, oh my God, I got to record something real quick. And I just, there's Captain America's over there and stuff like that. I love that. That was amazing. And the lighthearted vibe that this movie has for the most part, so good. The original Spider-Man theme was a nice touch. Just that happy kind of feel to it. The music fit all the scenes for the most part. All the funny jokes were funny just major, major hits as far as the style, the tone, you know, they didn't go too dark because you shouldn't be too dark with a Spider-Man thing, even though his life kind of sucks. It should still be sort of lighthearted and happy and stuff. I loved the humor. I loved that, all that kind of mixed in big, big fan of how they use Tony Stark in this movie as a mentor, because you got to see a little bit of daddy Stark and that was a nice, uh, graduation for the character as was the Pepper Potts little side thing, because we haven't seen Gwyneth Paltrow in a while. And it started to feel a little bit like Gwyneth Paltrow didn't want to be a part of this anymore because they had her missing in Age of Ultron and they had her and Tony taking a break during Civil War. So this was nice to see that they're not only still together, but that she's kind of willing to play ball a little bit here. I really, really liked that. I'm glad that she had that whole thing with the engagement ring because that should be the next step and everything. And we've grown up with these characters enough. I mean, it's been 10 years essentially since we've had this movie series, uh, get launched. So you got to figure people that were 10 year olds or 20 year olds now. And I just had my 30th birthday the other day. So I was a 20 year old by the time this happened. So that was, it's, you know, we, we graduate with these characters too. And it's nice to see that they are taking those next steps forward too. Tony Stark being Iron Man as like a, an overseer is great because he should be. That's exactly his role in this universe. Him creating damage control. Fantastic. I'm so happy that they put damage control in here. This Marvel cinematic universe is goddamn brilliant. It really is. Because they make these little mistakes here and there. Like Thor The Dark World is kind of a shitty movie. And there's some problems with Iron Man 2. And there's some problems with Iron Man 3. Like the Mandarin thing and all that. But for the most part, these people are just brilliant the way that they do stuff like this. There's absolutely no reason why damage control wouldn't exist after the Battle of New York. And for them to tie that into Vulture's character. That he stole some uh, Chitari gear and that he's kind of retrofitted that with everything and that's how they get the shockers and that's how you get the tinkerer 
that is just amazing. I love that we're in this sort of environment for movies now because we used to have like the Daredevil movie. It was like, oh man, they're actually going to do Bullseye, even though that he's not really too much of Bullseye. They change the characters up and they make them look different. And the X-Men makes the joke about like, what would you want? Yellow spandex and all that. They have gone to such an extreme nerdiness and since I'm a fucking geek I love when they drop these things you know the Ultron head and damage controls facility has all these like arc reactors and uh, they're referencing Thor's belt for fuck's sake like this is amazing this is so good it makes it makes the little nerd heart of mine just pump extra fast you know Vulture by the way one of the better villains that they've had in a long time so, uh, Michael Keaton did a great job as far as Vulture goes. He was menacing enough that I bought into him being, uh, you know, like an actual threat, but at the same time, he didn't need to start threatening the entire universe. He was just a dude selling a bunch of black market weapons. That's all you really need. That's all the Vulture had to be in this movie. But, I'm gonna have to turn that into a negative here, because one of my Big, big problems with this movie is Liz Allen. Totally vapid character. Not at all what Liz is like in the comics. As far as I'm aware of, she was just a a void of a character. This version of Liz is generic romantic interest. And she reminds me a lot of Christine Palmer from Doctor Strange, where she exists for no reason other than to be somebody that Peter goes after. That is it. That's not my Liz Allen. And it's so fucking dumb that she had to be Vulture's daughter. She is not Vulture's daughter in the comics. And now that we know what they were going to do with Spider-Man 4, where it was going to be the Vulture, and I think they were going to try to make Black Cat Vulture's daughter, where they were going to call her like the Vultress or something like that. It seems like this is a carryover from what Sony wanted to do before. They were like, let's have Vulture, and he has a daughter. And that's the only way that we can do Vulture. You don't need to do that. He didn't need to have some kind of tie-in to the girl that Peter Parker likes. Absolutely pointless. Such a dumb studio note that was done purely because they decided that that would be, oh, the emotional stakes go up and stuff. And that's the type of production executive mentality that we need to step away from with these movies. That's why Marvel's movies have been so good is because they don't bother with that bullshit. I blame that 100% on Sony. And since we're talking about the negatives when it comes to Liz Allen, I unfortunately have to talk about the negative that is Michelle. Zendaya, I think it's Zendaya, maybe it's Zendaya. I've heard Zendaya more. Pointless. Completely pointless. Her friends call her MJ. Fuck you, she's not Mary Jane. Don't give her the character of Michelle and change the character around and then throw an MJ joke out there. Completely unnecessary. She could have been Michelle Gonzalez from the comic books and she could just be Peter's friend and you don't have to throw the MJ thing out there. She doesn't need to be a romantic interest. Nothing like that. That is pissing me off. I don't know if they did that just to piss people off or if they legitimately want to make her the Mary Jane who's not named Mary Jane, doesn't look like Mary Jane, doesn't act like Mary Jane, and has nothing to do with Mary Jane. That is ridiculous. And I hope against hope that 
when we get whatever they call the follow-up to this, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, we know it's not going to be called that, but whatever they do decide to call it that, they need to not make her Mary Jane. She could even be a love interest. Maybe. But you can't make her Mary Jane. And for the that matter, too, Betty Brant in this was like a 50-50 split for me. Making Betty Brant a character who's like the school news, I'm okay with. I think maybe they could have done something a little bit different there. Maybe instead of having her look exactly like Gwen Stacy was a little bit weird. Uh, they had Jason Ionello, which was kind of interesting. Like I like when they do these kind of references. They had Sally Avril and whatnot. But at the same time, I kind of feel like they shouldn't use certain characters like that. Like when they do Sally, for instance... I don't even know who Sally was in the movie. She could have been any of the, the women that were in the background. Any of those girls could have been Sally. And you know what? It's Sally Avril. Who cares? It's good that she exists in the universe. When you do Flash Thompson, and he's not really Flash Thompson, that kind of bugs me because now you just wasted Flash. And I don't really like Ned Leeds being Ned Leeds like that because the Ned Lee character and the Gonky character and all that... I want my Peter Parker to be best friends with Harry Osborn. So that's nitpicking a little bit, but I did like the Ned Leeds character as far as if I remove myself from being a fan of the Spider-Man series and I don't look at this as like, well, that's not Flash Thompson, you know, that, that kind of thing. Then the Ned character being his friend and stuff, I liked his character. He was funny and, you know, you can buy into them being legitimately friends and the little reference to the uh, the Death Star was kind of funny because it's like, you know, he does talk about, you know, did you guys see that old movie Empire Strikes Back and stuff? So it's good that in-universe they, they like Star Wars and stuff. But again, speaking of characters where kind of like don't do it if you fuck it up, I'm worried that they're going to fuck up Matt Gargan. But we do finally get Matt Gargan and he's got a scorpion. So maybe that's a good thing. He looked a little bit like... Gargan should. So I'm okay with that. As long as you don't fuck it up in the future. You don't need to set up the Sinister Six already either. And especially not if you're going to do some kind of spinoff Suicide Squad movie. Because we all saw how uh, Suicide Squad went. Just uh, keep that in mind, Sony. Don't do it. Uh, Something that's not really a hit or a miss. But it kind of is. It's more of a hit. Uh, The teachers and the staff pretty good overall Hannibal Burris was easily the best and I, I'm assuming that Principal Morita because he's played by the same actor is supposed to be a descendant of Jim Morita from Captain America the first Avengers so that's cool I like that a lot just kind of shows like his grandson or his great grandson or whatever the relation would be that he goes on and he becomes a principal and that, I like that I'm assuming that What's-His-Face from Incredible Hulk is now a teacher. So, okay, I'll buy into that. Hannibal Burris, though, was funny. And that kind of brings me into another one of my big hits, which was the Captain America cameos. Dude, that was so good. The idea of him wearing the Avengers outfit, which was like that more bright, colorful, and promotional type of thing. And him going like, so, you know, you got the tension. And this is like how you should uh, make sure that you correct your mistakes and stuff. The line of the movie, the best line, was when Hannibal Burris was like, yeah, I guess he's kind of like a war criminal now, but whatever. 
I thought that that was so goddamn funny. I was laughing so hard in that. And little references here and there, like Bruce Banner's picture in the high school, the lecture about the Sokovia Accords, the mural of the Starks. That stuff is so much fun. The world building in this movie is just amazing. Happy Hogan being a go-between with Stark and uh, Peter Parker. I love that stuff. Uh, Another thing that you can talk about when it comes to world building and cameos and just references and stuff that I'm sure is going to make a lot of people very, very happy is that we get Aaron Davis in the movie, the Prowler. They reference him as the Prowler. And uh, Donald Glover, of course, people were always saying that he should be Miles Morales. Now he gets to play the uncle of Miles Morales. He says, I got a nephew that lives here. Just that would be the type of thing that I would be doing if I was in this movie. Because if you are going to have these characters where you have like henchmen for the vulture, why not make one of them shocker? And why not make one of them the tinkerer? Why not he be the one that's doing all the tinkering, you know? And if they're going to be trying to do like a black market sales kind of thing, why not Aaron Davis? Like that kind of mentality is so good with that. So when you do it right, it works. When you do it wrong, then we get into a situation with like the Flash Thompson thing where I go, well, that wasn't really Flash. I mean, it was more Flash than Liz was Liz. I'll give them that. Liz should have been a different character. I will even make the argument that you should have merged the Liz and Michelle characters and maybe you can even do the Adrian Toomes is the father thing, but it really shouldn't have been. But I think that you could have had Michelle and Liz be one character and it would have made for a better character because she would have it would have made sense for her to be kind of like aloof because she's got a father who's like always away and. I mean, I I can go on and on about this, and if we want to have a big discussion in the comments below, I'll go ahead and keep the discussion going and stuff, but that's my point of view. I think that Michelle and Liz should have been one character, and she should have been Michelle Gonzalez, and no MJ bullshit. I'm hoping that the sequel, now that they have the uh, the high school's mascot or the Tigers, I'm hoping we get Mary Jane and she calls him Tiger and, you know, that kind of thing, and it's not... Michelle, that's Mary Jane. Uh, one of my misses, random Thai restaurant waiter hitting on Aunt May. That joke was sort of just there for the sake of it. But I do like uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I'm glad that they referenced that she was hot because she is hot. And I'm very glad that she saw that Spider-Man's uh, Peter Parker at the end. Or that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. The other way around. That what the fuck at the end thing... That was really kind of good. A lot of people clapped in my movie theater. I don't know about yours. Tell me in the comments below if they did. I loved so much about this movie. The little moments are better than the sum of its parts in certain areas. Like, I enjoyed the uh, action sequences, but now that I'm thinking back at the action sequences, I don't remember any, like, one standout action scene. Like, uh, Spider-Man 2, we had the train, and... Spider-Man 1, we had, like, the parade thing. We had the uh, Green Goblin fight at the end and whatnot. This is sort of like, well, the boat thing was okay. kind of reminded me a little bit about the train. And the Ferris wheel stuff didn't really come into play. And the the airplane scene was kind of good, but it was a little bit disjarring. It was, like, hard to tell what was going on and stuff. But the action was fine. 
it was more so the other little moments that I loved. Like I loved how Spider-Man's just doing a little bit of friendly neighborhood spider Manning, which I love that they little threw that in there. And the one guy's just like, Hey, you're that Spider-Man guy, huh? Do a backflip. Oh, cool. That type of stuff's awesome. And I think it was Perry Nemiroff from uh, Collider that had mentioned something that I thought was really, I caught it immediately and I thought it was great. I don't, I've never lived in New York, but I know that a lot of people have the same kind of mentality where like Spider-Man always goes to that one deli as his go-to deli. And to have like a Spider-Man that lives in New York and he's just kind of hanging out in Queens and that's his go-to deli and stuff. I liked those little references and everything. So I think this is one of those movies that I'll probably be able to watch over and over and over again. And I'm going to enjoy a lot of different things about it. Something like Dr. Strange when I rewatched it for a second time, I really didn't enjoy it all that much. And I've got a feeling maybe when I watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, I'm not going to really enjoy it as much either. This one, I think I'm going to really, really like rewatching because those little moments were super fun. Like I said, there were some things that I could nitpick here and there. I still think that the Michelle and the Liz characters fell short. And I would change a couple little plot points here and there about some other kind of stuff. But as long as they uh, keep this tone and they know what they're doing and they kind of place everything right in the universe, which it looks like they have because they've done everything from damage control, working on the battle in New York and so forth. I have a lot of faith. I don't have any faith whatsoever in the Sony division, but as far as the Marvel stuff goes, better than ever, still doing some great work. And, uh, I mean, I mentioned this on the Minuteman review, but if it's a see it or a skip it, it's a major see it. So if it's a hit or a miss, major, major hit. Biggest hit of the whole thing, that little humor stuff, maybe that line about the war criminal thing. Biggest miss of the whole thing, Michelle and Liz. And if I had to pinpoint between the two which one pissed me off the most, it's that MJ line. That just pissed me off so much. But... uh Overall, many, 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 many more hits than misses on here. So I recommend the hell out of it. Uh, if you're not the type of person that's really into these movies, you're probably you don't give a shit about this whatsoever and you're not listening to my review. But if you're somebody who does like these movies or if you're on the fence about it, go ahead and check it out. You really should. But that's my review down. Review down. That's my rundown of the review point. I want to thank you all for listening, and I want to remind you again, drop your comments below and tell me what you thought about the movie. Positives, negatives, what do you agree with, what do you disagree with, whatever the case may be. Tell me what you thought. And be sure to stay tuned to the website and the YouTube channel for everything else that will be coming your way, whatever it is. I don't even know what's coming up next, but the next time that you'll be hearing from me may be another Marvel thing because we do have the Defenders coming out in August, but I'm probably watching another kind of movie or two in the meantime. So, you know, whatever we do, you'll be able to follow that stuff. Just hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel and the little bell icon. Check that off, get to your notifications, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get notified of everything else that pops up there. But this has been another Review Point. I'm Tony Mango, and I will see you next time, everybody. Geeks, out. <laughs>